Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. I've been doing this podcast since September of 2012, and boy, are my lips tired. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. Our friend Alex is uh, recovering from the surgery that uh, she had a week or two ago. I can't remember exactly what the date was, uh, but she's still not quite strong enough to join us. So she'll be joining us, I would say, probably within the next week or so. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, we're going to just carry on here. And I do have a guest joining me today. Uh, her name is Vicki Rubin. And uh, Vicki has a story that uh, most people never even consider. I mean, have you ever thought about what would happen if you had a child who had a disability or somehow wasn't wasn't the, quote, normal child? I'm not sure what a normal child is, but uh, wasn't, quote, the normal child that, uh, you know, the parents usually hope for. Uh, I, I suspect most of us don't really go there in our in our thought patterns unless we're having a really bad day. <laughs> but um, Vicky actually had to experience that, and she ended up writing a book about it called "Raising Jess: A Story of Hope." Uh, she's going to tell us a little bit about the book and a little bit about herself, and we're going to find out more about her. So, Vicky, thank you for joining me on the program. How are you? Good, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Glad to have you. So tell us a story. I mean, you know, like the 10,000 foot view story, because I know you, you got the story in a book and there's probably not enough time to read the whole book. But No, I mean, I, I could if everyone wants to just hang out for a little bit. I'll read the whole Did you have an audio version of the book? I'm curious. I am actually working on that. I, I want to do an audio version. And um, okay. one thing that people have told me is that they can read the book almost in, in, in an evening because they don't want to. Oh, my God. My alarm's going off that we're going to do a. <laughs> See, that's what happens here on the show. We have summer energy going on. We have phones off. I mean, it's amazing what goes on. <laughs> okay. I guess, I, I guess I'm doing the podcast now. There you go. <laughs> the <alarm> yeah. just <laughs> went off. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I, uh, I was one of those people who never considered that we were going to have a child with a, a disability. And, um, and it, it totally changed our life. But it, it's not a bad thing. It's... Nobody would wish for their child to have a disability, but what our daughter Jessica has brought into our life is is more than I will ever be able to give her. She has changed me and my family. So I'll give you a little history, okay? Um, okay. And and I'll try to do it from ten thousand feet. So uh, <laughs> so we are up in our airplane. We have our goggles on. We have binoculars. Really okay, fast. we're ready. <laughs> so uh, uh, undergrad went to University of Miami. Met my husband there, and I had my degree in elementary education. And I thought I would be an elementary education teacher one of these days. Didn't have real career goals, and. Um, I'm originally from Long Island, and my husband uh, was from Buffalo, and he moved me up from Miami to Buffalo, which a lot of people went, oh, you went in the wrong direction, girl. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) It is quite an uh, extreme, I have to say, yes. uh, Yes, it it was quite an extreme. Um, And so, you know, I got here. I was young. I was substitute teaching and just thought I was going to have my children, maybe be a substitute teacher, not sure what I was going to do. And then we had our first child, Jessica. And um, Jessica was born with a rare chromosome abnormality, although we didn't know it at the time. But I knew that something wasn't right. And I'll I'll go a little more into that um, later, if you ask me a question. Um, But uh, Jessica's uh, 
disabilities are extremely significant and many families could have been torn apart and changed in, in a very negative way. But for us, uh, it, it changed our trajectory in a, in a very positive way. And, and not only for us, but we tried to uh, bring that out to the community as well. That's very cool. I like yeah. that. Um, it's, it sounds, I mean, I've, I've heard, as you can imagine over the years, I've had, you know, hundreds of guests, hundreds of co-hosts and so forth. And, uh, the, the varying messages bring, you know, a variety of different uh, viewpoints, which is, uh, which is wonderful. I love the different perspectives. Uh, one of the biggest ones that, that came along a number of times that kind of challenged me. I mean, I, I, I to, to this day, I'm, just, I'm still not sure exactly where I sit on this. I'm kind of on the fence. The idea that we we come into this life having some idea of what it is we're doing, we have a purpose, we have an intention, and so forth. And kind of in favor of that viewpoint is it sounds like Jessica chose the perfect parents, the parents who were ready for her, who were ready to receive her. I, I know that some people some people look at it that way. That um, we were the parents that she was meant to be. And there are other families who, and I'm not one of them, who take offense to that, who hmm. think, who think, you know, what have, what have I done that I'm going to be chosen, yeah. uh, you know, to have, or my child would be chosen to have a life that's more challenging than other lives. It's, um, there, there's a lot when your child is diagnosed and and you know that it's going to be life changing and there's significant um, disability. I mean, you question everything. I know I, at one point I uh, read a book. It was called "Why Bad Things Happen to Good People," and oh, it, I've and that title. Yeah. it was. Uh, and I, I'm not overly religious, but uh, I think a lot of people sometimes may question what's the bigger purpose, what's the bigger plan. Right. And in the book, it said there, the almighty being or whoever you believe in is not the person who said, okay, Vicki, you get a, a child with a disability or I'm going to make this child have this kind of challenge. No, there's not that kind of control, but it, but the control is the support for the family. And when I read that book, it really resonated with me because around the same time, that Jessica was diagnosed, I met who is still one of my best friends and Jessica's 40 right now. Hmm. And, and she was um, a social worker as her background and, and, and really helped me through this really difficult time at the beginning of, of, hmm. you know, my parenting experience. So you, you, you never know what's going on up there. <laughs> I, I, I like that evaluation. I think you're right. But but your book and your story are really about, uh, like your subtitle says, a story of hope. It, it's a positive story. Tell us how that became true. It's a really good question. It is a positive story, it, it, and it didn't it didn't always start that way. Well, I'm I'm going to give you a, a quick summary of when she was born because it was uh, interesting. Hopefully, okay. <laughs> hopefully to your audience. Um, about a, a week before she was born, I had this rash and I kept itching and I, I kept calling my doctor who said, uh, oh, the baby's settling. Don't worry about it. So I was like, oh, all right. But I didn't really believe that. Mm. And uh, 
went to even a pharmacist and they gave me some calamine. So anyway, uh, Jessica, I go into labor on April 11th of 1982 and it is Easter Sunday and, and we're Jewish. So, um, so we're in the hospital and it's a holiday and I keep showing people my rash and no one knows what it is except a, a nurse who was maybe an experienced mom. And she said, I think this is chicken pox. And so they, um, they did a biopsy of, um, one of the pox while I was going through labor, and indeed I did have chicken pox. And so her birth started traumatic because we had a, a resident, a doctor, who was new, who came out and told my husband, it's very likely your your wife and your child aren't going to make it through this. So my husband wow. is sitting there thinking we're, we're, he's going to lose his future child and he's going to lose his wife. Right. Um, so, and my, uh, my in-laws were in the hospital and they were praying and my parents were in Florida. So, uh, there is a hospital locally, it's called Buffalo Children's Hospital and they moved us to Buffalo Children's Hospital. And when I say they moved us, they said, go drive to Buffalo Children's Hospital in the car. <laughs> I think in today's, uh, litigious world, maybe they would have put me in an ambulance. Yeah, we're we not talking medevac here. We're talking taxi. <laughs> Taxi, uh, I'm in labor and I have chicken pox. Oh, yeah, take a ride over there. <laughs> um, as, uh, as odd as that is, uh, they needed to get a special vial of a certain medicine that they would give to my daughter as she was being born. It was called Zoster Globulin. It was for chicken pox. One hospital had it. It was Easter Sunday. The okay. pharmacy was closing in an hour. And my father-in-law had to drive there, pick it up, and bring it to Children's Hospital. So, you know, if he would have fallen, <laughs> anything could have happened. Anyway, get to Children's Hospital. And uh, everything uh, did work out. All the medicine got there. They weren't freaked out about me having chicken pox or Jessica. Um so we started, we started on a rough patch. I couldn't see her mm. for a week. And then all throughout the beginning of her childhood, I, I always suspected there were, there was, uh, issues. But once she was diagnosed, which was a, 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 and it wasn't her accurate diagnosis, but we basically got a diagnosis that she was delayed in every single milestone. Uh, once that happened for me, it, it gave me um, a new power. Instead mm. of trying to convince doctors and everyone that something was wrong, this motivated me to, now I know that I need to do something. Mm. And, and that energy, um, we started working on, you know, different therapies with Jessica. But throughout the whole thing, we never, we never felt bad for ourselves. And we always... We, we always looked at it as you know, people have journeys in life and, and our journey was a little different, but that doesn't mm. mean it was bad. It was just different. So, and it wasn't what we were expected, but, but it was still beautiful. Mm. And so, and, and for us, we had other children after Jessica and that also, um, that helped us a lot. I think a lot of people don't always have other children after they have a, a child who needs a lot, requires a lot of assistance. Which is understandable. I mean, because it's a job. I mean, there, there is it's, not your typical child raising. No, it's, it's, 
it's it's huge because it's not only the day-to-day things that you have to do and the medical problems, but then there's a lot of family issues and friend issues and, and things that you can or cannot do or things that take you longer to do. And you have to navigate that system. And I think you need a can-do attitude to be able to navigate it and to keep smiling. I know uh, my husband and I used to tell Jessica's siblings, we're going to do everything that it takes. We're going to do everything that it takes, but it's just going to take longer because um, we weren't going to deny the um, Jessica's siblings any of the activities, but they needed to know and we needed to have this mindset yeah, everything's going to take longer because as Jessica got older, there was a wheelchair and there was equipment and, and things like that. But we didn't stop doing things. We just tried to become creative in different ways to do things. And I think that's how that's how you have to um, – I'm not telling anybody that they have to do anything. But that <laughs> it, it, was, it helped us navigate our path when we just knew, you know, things are going to take longer, but we just have to, we just take it one step at a time. Well, I think what you're talking about there is in in sort of a broader sense is response because no matter what happens in our lives, the one thing we do have control over is how we respond to them. And you chose to respond with open arms, really, like, okay, let's go for it. Yeah, we, we'll, we can do we'll this. Steam ahead. Let's just go. <laughs> uh, you're right. There's so much, so much is how you respond to things. I, I, I have friends who have really significant issues and they have a sense of humor and a positive outlook and and it helps them get through things. And then you, and then everyone like this, they know other people who, you know, they stub a toenail and the whole day is ruined. Now what are they going to do? And, you know, they needed to go out and put on a shoe. And you know? right. <laughs> so it really, you know, and, and it comes from within us. You can choose that you're going to make the best of, of what you have and, mm. and, and be realistic. You have to, you know, you still have to be realistic. I know with, uh, with, with Jessica, when she was growing up, I decided that I needed to know as much as I could to advocate for her. So I, I got my master's in special education. Mm-hmm. And, um, after I completed my master's, I, uh, I was hired as a, a grant manager for uh, the Western New York area for a grant called Early Childhood Direction Center. And we worked with other families of children who were uh, birth to five with special needs. And we taught families how to advocate for them, for their children and how to advocate for, you know, education wise and to advocate with honey, not vinegar. Because if you go Mm -hmm. in to somebody and you come in, I'm going to fight you on this you are going to fight him on that but you're going to get a fight out of it too exactly so uh so working with families and professionals it uh, it became my life career and uh and jessica inspired me to do that you know there were so many things i never i never would have thought of that before i had jessica i wouldn't have completely she transformed me 
Yeah, you've made a few references like that just now. She transformed me earlier. You referred to as a blessing. Uh, there have been a number of references like that. Tell us about that side of it. Where's where's the beauty of this? Where's the blessing of this that that the average person may not see? Before I had Jessica, and I don't want to say, I don't want to use the word shallow, but I mean, I was into a lot of different, I mean, I was young, but I was into. Funny, we all are at some point. <laughs> yeah, I was young back then. And, uh, you know, into, into things that, that uh, maybe that to myself right now don't seem as important. I, I think having Jessica. And going through the, uh, she has a seizure condition, going through the medical part of it and learning everything I had to learn and then meeting other families and, and talking to professionals opened my eyes and my husband, and he doesn't like to talk on these things, but opened our eyes to, um, to what's real, what we believe is, is really important in life. And so, so having Jessica was a blessing in, in that respect. Also, the things we were able to appreciate, I remember I used to walk through the mall and Jessica was probably four or five and she'd be in a carriage and she would look at me and smile. And for me, I was like, oh my God, this is the most amazing thing. And I'm looking around. <laughs> Why isn't everybody else looking at this? Yeah, right. Why isn't this as exciting? So the, the, the littlest things just brought so much joy. And, um, you know, as we had other kids and they went through their typical milestones, we felt the joy with them. But, sure. but some of the smaller little joys that Jessica brought, um, it, it, it just had a different meaning because we knew how hard it was for her. Hmm. Yeah. Talk uh, a little I, bit about how hard it is for her because I mean, you so far we've been focused on how hard it can be for the parent or how the parent can choose to see differently, but talk about it from the kid's point of view as you understand it. Okay. I will talk about that. And I'm writing down cause I just, I also want to tell you a little bit about a, a moment she had that was so amazing. Okay. So uh, let me describe Jessica a little bit. So she's 40, 40 years old. Um, she needs total assistance with every daily skill. So mm -hmm. she needs someone to help her feed herself. She needs, she's in a wheelchair. She needs someone to help her dress and, um, and really to take care of, of every need. Mm -hmm. Um, so she's, she needs total assistance. She's extremely alert and, and will look you in the eye and, and engage you. And, and, and that's her superpower. That's her superpower. Um, for Jessica, I, I, I don't see a lot of frustration that she has, and I'm, I'm not really sure of her level of frustration, but I, I do believe that there are a lot of um, individuals with disabilities. There's a lot of, there could be a lot of frustrations. They see their siblings doing certain things that they can't, or if it's a communication issue and you, and you can't speak. And then for, for our daughter going through seizure conditions and going through, um, she had had hip surgeries. And when she got sick, she was really sick. Hmm. And, and 
you know, her life is very different than her siblings. And I, but, you know, for us, we don't know, we don't know how much that impacts her. I mean, it's, we just don't know. We, I mean, she seems always happy and, and, and so joyful, but you know, no one is always joyful. So, but it's because of the lack of communication, it's hard for her and it's hard for us. Well, that raises the question too, just how much communication is she capable of doing with you? So it, it just a little sidebar. I was doing so. I have a six year old grandson and we did this book and, and what was your, what's your wish? And he wanted, of course, a sports car and yeah, me too. But then my second wish <laughs> was no, really my first wish. And I hadn't really thought about that. It was, I wish Jessica could talk to me. It's, mm. you know, I, 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 I hadn't really all these years had like put that in a wish, but wow, what a difference. But, um, so your in terms of communication, um, I also have a little story about that. So, uh, (laughs) when she was in school, we did this thing called facilitated communication. And I don't know if anyone in your audience has ever heard of that. It is something that was used with individuals with autism, where you hold the person's hand and you push back. And for some reason, that um, motivates the person to push forward and push to a letter and read on a board or a word or, or something. So... We had Jessica evaluated and we, we thought that maybe this was working for her. One of the sidebars of this is sometimes unbeknownst to the person who's pushing back, almost like a Ouija board, they could be moving the person's hand, but, but you, it, but it's almost unconscious and subconscious and you don't know. So when Jessica was in middle school, we thought that she was really understanding this. And she went from not saying a word to they thought she was doing math. They thought she was, you know, she knew history. And it was really, um, you know, kind of unbelievable things that everyone thought. And she was showing us with the finger, but we were pushing back on the finger for, for some pressure. Um, until my, uh, my dad and I played a game of telephone with Jessica where he would whisper something into Jessica's ear and then I would have to facilitate the word and it, and it never worked. And so, uh-huh. so we realized she really wasn't communi- communicating like that. But what came out of that was that she did learn how to isolate her index finger. And now she can point to a yes and a no. So she, she can point to yes and no. So we have, she's not always consistent. She also, she does this, um, puts her hand to her face, which symbolizes I want, I love, mm-hmm. I want. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if I'm eating chocolate ice cream and I look at her, she'll go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so she'll, she'll let me know. Yes, I want that. So there's some, there is communication, but you, you have to be able to read her code. So if you met Jessica Waltz, you might not know what she's saying, but a family member would un- would know some um, would would get the uh, inference of of what she's saying. 
Yeah, it's probably probably body language and probably a little bit of intuition going on there too. Intuition, body language, and she, she does have a lot of body language, and she also has a lot of expression. Hmm. You know, her eyes go up. Like if, if if she's happy to see you, you know it. Which you know, it's 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 a it's a beautiful, warm feeling. Hmm. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, I think we have kind of the lay of the land in terms of you know how you got to that point and what you were engaging in and, and, and discovering and so forth. And every step of the way you've been describing how you, you were very much focused on the positives of it. I mean, there, there uh, undoubtedly there were difficult times and well daily, there are difficult times just because there, she requires so much care. Uh, but I, whenever we have a, a story of, that's mostly positive with uh, some negative going on that, that doesn't get discussed a whole lot. What that tells me is that there are spurts of growth going on. And I'm kind of curious to know, can you, can you kind of give us that lay of the land? Like where do you see the, her milestones, so to speak? I mean, not the milestones that are typical for, for uh, the quote average child, but what were her milestones? Uh, that's, that's a great question. Um, one milestone happened when she was 16 years old she as I said doesn't speak but she was you know making sounds with her mouth and one day she started going ma 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 and so she said mama and she and she does say that occasionally which was a huge milestone Hmm. um another milestone for Jess is uh, when she's in our home she will never use her wheelchair. She will not push it. She acts like she doesn't know how to use it. She never used our, a wheelchair w- pushing it herself. But when I, uh, Jessica moved into a group home when she was 25, and it's about two miles from her house. When mm-hmm. I go visit her, <laughs> she can take that wheelchair and she does three wheelers. And the, the other day, <laughs> I, we were sitting in, in the living room. My, my feet were on her legs. And uh, somebody in the house was going in the kitchen to start cooking dinner. I mean, she's never done this before. She took her hands, pushed my feet off her lap, <laughs> did a three-point turn, and went right into the kitchen. And, this wow. is a, so, and, and the very next weekend, when she came over to our house, and I said, I'm going to be in the kitchen. Which, and our house is open concept. Come, come with me. Wouldn't move the chair. So, uh, so, so, but anyway, I, I would say that moving the chair is, is a milestone for Jessica, although she doesn't, uh, uh, move it for me at home. Uh, she also takes music therapy. And once again, with isolating the index finger, if, uh, some, one of her favorite songs is Jingle Bells. She knows the rhythm and she knows which way it goes on the key. So if someone's helping her, she can actually, she can actually play that. And one of the coolest things is she can hum about 30 tunes pitch perfect. Mm. Where does that come from? I don't know. So there, there's a lot of, of learning that a lot of milestones that, that she has had. I, I do want to say not everything. For me, I, I don't want to sound like a, a Pollyanna and, uh, or, you know, for people who are younger, I'll say somebody who's always thinking it's all, you know, um, sunshine. Um, when Jessica was young, I suffered, uh, panic attacks. It, it was, it was 
very hard. It was hard for a while. I mean, we, I broke through it, but I did suffer panic attacks and I was dizzy all the time. Mm -hmm. And, 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 um, and, and, and it was very stressful. And for me, her seizure condition was one of the more stressful things because it was so unpredictable um, of when it was going to happen, how long it was going to last. Was this going to be one that was going to change our lives forever? So, so I don't want it to seem that everything was roses, but, but we, we took what we had and, um, and, and try to shift our thinking into, okay, this, we're going to be positive and we're going to, we're going to make this a, a hopeful situation. And Jessica is going to do everything Jessica can do to the best of Jessica's ability. And we're going to do the best to our ability. I, I know a lot of families are hard on themselves. And I was when Jessica was young. I was, I felt that I had to be doing therapy with her every waking hour or she was going to be delayed, uh, delayed more. Mm -hmm. And my husband, one day he was watching a football game with her sitting on the couch, watching our Buffalo bills, (laughs) go bills or anyway. Um, and I said, Oh, we should be working with her. And he said, you know, Jessica also needs to be able to sit on the couch with her dad and watch a football game and just hang out. And Mm -hmm. that to me was like, yeah, you're right. That was like a, light bulb. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I find it interesting. You mentioned uh, the word Pollyanna uh, and I, I like to introduce something to kind of change that theme a little bit. Uh, Cause I, I love what you said. They're, they're, I have no problem with what you said, but people do have that, that idea about what Pollyanna is. And most of the people who have that idea have no idea where Pollyanna comes from because it actually comes from a, a book, a story about a right. little girl named Pollyanna who was an orphan and went to live with her aunt, who was a very um, kind of a miserable person living in a town full of miserable people. And Pollyanna goes in there and demonstrates through her own behavior that it's worthwhile to change your attitude. The whole attitude of the town changes and she ends up in an auto accident and the whole town ends up caring for her. And so, so it's not a story of somebody who, who just sees that everything is always wonderful. It's the story of somebody who goes through tragic times and finds the wonder in it anyway, which is exactly what you did. Yes. I, I, thank you. (laughs) Um, and I did know Pollyanna was a book, but I actually didn't know the detail. It's a good book. I I mean, it's obviously it's more of a children's book, but I I recommend it as a read. First of all, it'll, anybody who reads it, it'll change their attitude about the word Pollyanna. And secondly, it, it, it's uplifting. It feels good. And that's what I was, I hope the book does. Um, people who have read it who are either other family members or teachers or um, therapists uh, or anybody who just wants to know, like, what's the backstory of having a, a child who has so many needs, they've, they've come back with, yeah, this is a really, I feel good after reading this. This mm-hmm. is a good story that's, you know, mm-hmm. there, you made me laugh and made me cry and heartwarming. And, and so, yeah, it doesn't have to be a sad, depressing story. It's, you know, it could be, it could be a beautiful story. Um, that's one of the things when you asked about a milestone, um, 
when Jessica was 13, and I, as I said before, we're Jewish, our rabbi said, um, would you like to have um, a bat mitzvah for Jessica? And wow. so so the um, – just for your audience, when a, a child is 13 uh, – in, in the Jewish religion, it's you celebrate, you're taking responsibility to the best of your ability for your, for your religion. And usually the kids have a big party. And once the rabbi once said, we don't want more bar than mitzvah in this, in this party. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but he had suggested it to us and my husband and I felt like we didn't want to fake bar mitzvah. How are we going to make this happen? We, you know, we wanted to, we wanted to celebrate Jessica and we wanted Jessica to have the opportunity, but we didn't want it, as I just said, to be fake. So we decided we'd be really creative. Um, we knew Jessica loved Temple. Every time, even when we got to the parking lot, she would scream and raise her hands. And so uh, we collaborated with the temple and her school and family members and friends. And we, we had um, her computer at the time that she was able to appoint. Was uh, I did a transliteration of a prayer, a, a Hebrew prayer. And she, the teachers at school worked with her on touching the prayer which which she did <laughs> beautifully at, at the bat mitzvah. My son, who was probably 11 at the time, wrote her a song, and he sang, and my daughter played the violin, and we had people singing, and her bat mitzvah was done all through music, all through oh, wow. beautiful, beautiful music. And then, um, and then the bar part of it, we she loves chocolate, as do I, and so we had a chocolate party, all chocolate. Ah. <laughs> but um, it was such a... It was a milestone for our family. It was really a mm. milestone for our family that Jessica was able to celebrate. Um, and to this day, she going to temple for her is really, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And everyone no, is always so accepting of her. Which is also a very good yeah. thing. What, what's, what's her relationship to her siblings? What's that like? So um, they, they, her siblings were really helpful <laughs> to us growing up. Like um, right now, um, everyone everyone lives in town. And um, as I said, my daughter became a physical therapist. Um, and maybe she became a physical therapist because of her experience with, with Jessica. And um, so our, our son, when he met his wife, he said, I need to marry someone who's going to accept Jessica as, as mm. our family does. And, and his wife actually is a special education teacher. He, yeah, well, he, that's going to hit the nail on the head. He, yeah. he, <laughs> did, he did really well. <laughs> um, and I remember my husband and I were out of town and they weren't even married yet. And Jessica had to go to the hospital and Alex and his then girlfriend, Joyce went to the hospital and, and, um, and they they went in the room with her because Alex said that Joyce was his sister was Jessica's sister and his sister. And after a while, they were in the hospital. They kind of forgot that they said that, and they were you know their fiancés. They were kissing, and yeah. <laughs> I was like, "All right, this is weird family stuff." But 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 the thing that came out of that was uh, um, Joyce and I spoke after, and she says, 
I want to know all the information. I want all the numbers. I want everything. I want to be able to advocate for Jessica. Wow. I mean, who gets that, right? <laughs> so, so, uh, so very involved. And then my, my daughter and my son-in-law are also, they're, they're very much involved in Jessica's life and they bring the kids to her house and, and everyone is, she's invited to everything. She, it, she's their sister and the, and the kids know her auntie Jess. They know that it, it took a while with my youngest uh, granddaughter to, um, at first, she was afraid of Jessica because um, she was born right before COVID. So she really couldn't meet Jessica for a while. And she was nervous mm-hmm. around Jess. And so uh, we went to a baseball game together. <laughs> and she's sitting on my lap and Jessica's next to me. And um, I brought some chocolate ice cream. Ah. And so Noah, my granddaughter saw that Jessica and she both loved the ice cream. And so they found a common ground. And so from that time on, I mean, she, she wants, she always wants to help me with Jessica. Like she's, (laughs) she's a huge fan. So, and and that's when we were advocating for uh, Jessica to be included in, uh, in, in school and with typical kids who maybe didn't know Jessica or didn't have experience that's that's what we did. We would say, these are the things that Jessica likes. How many of you like chocolate? How many of you listen to this kind of music? You know, you try to find the commonalities. And once you see some commonalities, some of the, the differences aren't as, as huge. This show was originally uh, developed for the purpose of, of discussing the law of attraction, and which we did do for the first four or 500 episodes in depth. Uh, and since then, it's kind of evolved into, well, yeah, we, we bring it in occasionally, but now we're just exploring life because, hey, it touches every area of life, so why not? Well, your story, for me, just it, it's an entirely a, a law of attraction story because Jessica came into your life. You had a choice. Your husband had a choice. How are you going to respond? You chose to respond embracingly. And everything that follows in your story, in you know the story of, of the doctors and of the teachers and, and the group home and the siblings, all came off of that same vibration. Embrace, enjoy, feel good about. Yeah, there are challenges, but we're not going to look at those as much as we're going to look at how much we're appreciating. I mean, the the, the vibration just keeps carrying on. It's a ripple effect, right? It, it, it's yeah, like you know the, I... the stone that goes into the lake, and and the waves just keep rippling and rippling and rippling and rippling. That's what yeah, I see I, when, I, when I see your story. I love that analogy. I really love that analogy. Thank you. Yeah, that's it. it I mean, I hadn't thought of it like that, but it, but it feels like that. And and I think a lot of the people who surround us are very positive about Jessica. Also, I mean, she has my friends go and visit her when I'm there or not. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it is this this energy and this vibe that we all share. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I, I really like I, that. I, I think it's absolutely true. <laughs> and in fact, uh, that you just mentioned that, that there are all these people who have these, this positive uh, viewpoint toward, toward Jess. Well, of course they do. That's the law of attraction. You're only going to attract those people. They're, they're the only ones who are going to be able to get through. If there were anybody who didn't have that attitude, who wanted to get through, they weren't going to get there. It just wasn't going to happen because your vibration was so consistent. 
That, wow, I mean, I'm not talking because you're, you're kind of blowing my mind. <laughs> this really, yeah, no, this is, yes, <laughs> this is great. You're, well, I mean, I know this is what you've been doing forever, yeah, but yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. hearing this and I'm like, yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> wow. Well, I say it because it's a great reminder to all of us. I, I think all of us in our daily lives can kind of forget that you know, we really do have that kind of power that it really is that powerful, that it actually does produce, you know, vibrational consistency with whatever it is we, we give our attention to. And, and so it's really useful to see an example like you and your family and Jess and, and to see, I mean, it's just stark. It, there's, 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 most stories don't have this level of um, consistency to them. You know, because life has slings and arrows, it has ups and downs, it has roller coaster rides and so forth. And this is just one continuous story of wow, vibration, 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 right? It's like, it's continuous. Like, you don't see that very often, right? Yeah. So when you see it, you say, wow, look at this. This is amazing. Here, I'll give you another vibration then. (laughs) Okay. Um, uh, (laughs) um, So when she was graduating, we got a notice uh, from the high school. She was in the high school. And we got a notice from the principal that Jessica was winning an award. And we're oh. like, okay, all right. <laughs> so we, we, we go, we invite a couple of friends and, you know, the siblings and everyone goes. And it's, and yes, it's Buffalo, but it was hot. It was very hot because <laughs> <laughs> it was June. <laughs> yes, Buffalo does have a summer. I just we wanted to mention We do have that. a summer. <laughs> we actually have a beautiful summer. Um, anyway, we, um, so we go and all these kids are being called up. They want, you know, scholarships to Yale and, and mm. scholarships to here and scholarships to there. And it's long. It's really long. It's like over yeah. an, you know, an hour and a half. And my husband and I are like, um, is this a mistake? <laughs> oh, right. Did they really invite us? I, I don't know. We were like, we, we were feeling, we were beginning to feel a little awkward. Mm. And then at the, uh, the last, the last award, the principal comes up and he, he says the next award is the principal's award. And this is for a student who has hardships every day of her life, but comes to school with a smile on her face and brings joy to others and, 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 and joy everywhere she goes. And the principal award goes to Jessica Rubin. And there was thunderous applause <laughs> and you know we went up and got her award and that i i mean if that's not like the principal kind of seeing her for who yeah. she is with all these all these kids and and saving that award for her was that a milestone for all of us yeah well yeah. and you've gotten a couple other awards your book has gotten a couple of awards too i i mean i, I can tell you not somebody who likes to blow her own trumpet but blow the trumpet for me what 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 the what <laughs> <awards> <laughs> <is it>? okay <laughs> okay first of all if you go on amazon um the reviews are five stars so that's that's so, so, so you did something right <laughs> um so i recently won um a gold medal for um i actually have it here a real gold Ooh, medal. <laughs> Not real gold, obviously, or I would be like selling this and whatever. But it's shiny but, yeah. though, so that's the shiny. I want a shiny gold medal for, <laughs> um, for memoir and, um, and went to Florida and it was a big event and it, it was, uh, in coordination with the Miami Book Fest. And that was, okay. that was really, uh, 
that was a fun award. The other award that I won was from Best Books Awards um, as a finalist. And um, then the third thing was um, a five-star review. So that's on the back of the book. And also Beautiful. I got a, a very good review from Kirkus Books, which is, uh, yeah. believe me, I didn't know who that was until I became an author. But uh, yeah. um, they gave me also a, a very good review. And you know what? I wrote my first book. It took four years. I published it when I was uh, 60, 64 years old. So you know what? <laughs> you can do anything <laughs> at any time. Um, true. So, yeah, the book is really for people. You know, it's not – it is for families of, of, of families with um, a child with a disability, but not only because so many people who have – no exposure to anybody with a disability have read the book and written to me and said, wow, that was eye-opening or, or, or wow, like I never knew this or I never knew that. So um, it's just, it's a fun, I, I know it doesn't sound weird, that it's a fun read. <laughs> it doesn't sound, well, after hearing the rest of your story, nothing about that sounds weird at all. It actually sounds, it would be abnormal not to have that kind of reaction. Right? Well, I'm going to put my trumpet down, but, but, okay. but, right. but, but, but. But thank you. It's been a a, a pretty remarkable ex- experience. I call it my failed retirement because I retired and then started writing this book and and um, working <laughs> a lot on on, uh, on that. <laughs> I, I'm also curious too. I I know that I mean we all know that that you know people these days are very much in finding their tribes, which basically means honing in on on their interests, the things that are important to them, and so forth. And Obviously, since Jess has been a, a very, very important part of your life, your family's life, I, I would think that a similar kind of experience would occur in that I, I would think there'd be connections with other families who have similar kinds of experiences. They have their own uh, child with special needs or whatever that they're, they're, they've been dealing with and experiencing. Have you found that to be true? And I guess from my perspective, I'm curious, has your positivity rubbed off on them? <laughs> because I just have a feeling it has to. <laughs> um, wh- all right. I'm, I'm going to write down because I want to write, uh, the, I want to tell you the second story. Okay. okay. So when I was uh, working, one of the things I did was I spoke to families and one of, um, one of the, a mom called me and she was pregnant. And she found out her child um, had Down syndrome. And so she called me to talk to me about that. And her doctor had suggested that she not keep the baby and really Uh kind of pushed her in that way. And she called me and we talked about um, my experiences with Jessica and my experiences with other family, other families. And she was never going to do that, but she was so upset. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so she's, her child now, I think is like 10 years old, but she, mm-hmm. she tells me now that just hearing that positive, positivity gave her the positivity for her child. And she became, she is such a big advocate. She's mm-hmm. running a whole program for families. Like she is a gift to our community uh-huh. and, and, um, and just helping somebody, just sharing your positivity with them and, and showing the the good, the loving parts. Um, the other thing, when you talk about other families, so Jessica um, was diagnosed 
uh, I don't know if this is a spoiler alert, but <laughs> it, it didn't happen until she was 21 because mm. they didn't have the type of um, tools that they have now to find that genetics. Um, oh, okay. So she, she has a, a very rare uh, genetic, it's called 1Q minus, which means it is on the long arm of the first chromosome. And it's submicroscopic, even though it's, it's very prominent in her life because where the genes that are missing are, are pretty important genes. So, you know, I found out about this probably 15 years ago or more. And I go on Facebook and look for a group. And there was actually a, a group of, of, of similar families. And so I joined that group. I never... I never met anyone who had a child similar to Jessica. And all of a sudden I was meeting these families and similar to Down syndrome where a lot of people can look, you know, like maybe cousins. There are a lot of children in this group that have very similar uh, facial appearances to Jessica Mm -hmm. and definitely Mm -hmm. similar medical, um, medical component as Jessica and Mm -hmm. so I became the old lady in the shoe because everyone had babies (laughs) and then there was me with this you know at that point was 20 something year old right and um and so that was a little scary because where were the other people Jessica's age and you know Mm -hmm. that was that was very scary to me so this is my justification and I'm sticking with it that maybe other people when their kids were in their twenties were not still looking for answers. So there might be other people Jessica's age around. We just don't know it. And if those people found out, were they really looking for Facebook support groups, you know, when they were like my age, maybe not. So I'm sticking with that story, but, um, but it's been a wonderful support. And a lot of the families do ask questions of me because Jessica's so much older than a sure. lot of the other families and how did this go and what did you do and how did you get through this and and you know and you know and and, and it brings me back to the times when it, it's hard it, it's hard mm-hmm. it, yeah so I, and my career just meeting families that that was probably that was the best part of my career just being able to talk to other families and and as I was a professional, but I was also a parent. So sometimes as a a professional who's a parent, you can say things to families that other professionals can't because they'll sure. think, well, you don't understand. You don't know. Yeah. So I, I had a little more leeway of saying things because I had walked in their shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. That, yeah. That, that to me is just another example of the vibrational impact that you've had not only in your own family, but outside. I, I, I honestly believe that the ripples are endless and they're growing in number because you, you wrote the book, you put the book out there, you got the awards for the book. You know, <laughs> you, you, you have, you, you joined the Facebook group. You, you have all these different connections that are providing pathways for those ripples to, to travel along. I, I know the ripples are going to continue. They, they can't not continue. It's not possible for them to stop. It has to continue. And so, you're doing yeah. the same thing. I mean, all, I, I mean, I, I, your podcasts and the people that you bring on and just the energy that you're creating is, is, 
is wonderful. And you've been doing it for so long. It's really, yeah. it, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I've said it before. If you had asked me 10 years ago, if I was going to be doing this 10 years from now, I would have looked at you cross-eyed. Like, what <laughs> <laughs> Can I get through the first two years, please? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's probably during COVID. It was probably um, even more helpful because so many people yeah. were tuning into all different things, even more so. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I know what I found is that, the, well, first of all, the reason that I even started the podcast was to help me. I needed the help. And that's a story I've told many times here on the show. And it evolved into other people benefiting from it as well. I, I, I often have commented, I remember the first time I realized I had listeners. It shocked the hell out of me. I mean, I knew I was doing a podcast, right? But right. it never occurred to me people were actually listening to it. I love that. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, now, now all of a sudden I have to be on my best behavior, right? Right. Now, now I really better pay attention. <laughs> But I say that, I mean, it's funny, obviously, but, but I say that uh, with seriousness because it's a way of reminding myself and, and all of us, the way we get through isn't necessarily, I mean, for some people, it's all about the service, but it isn't necessarily through the service. It, it, it can be through other means, such as I, I'm taking care of myself and other people are benefiting from it. That's the ripple effect. Yeah. So it, it's not like you have to have this idea of being an altruist who is out there to just you know, give himself or herself to the world. It, it, it doesn't have to be like that. It can be, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get through my life day by day and other people are benefiting from it. It's equally valid either way. It's like leading by example. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's, there, there's a lot to say. There's a lot to say about that, you know, just talking the talk, but when people are, are actually have the behaviors and the action, it's, it's more meaningful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and knowing the stories too. And you've had yeah. some great stories to share here and, and I know you're doing in your book. There there's always the off chance too that you know someone listening in on this episode, maybe even more than an off chance, maybe they were looking you know, actually looking for this and they they stumbled upon it because they were looking for this exact topic. They may be wanting to reach out to you like those others have reached out to you to find out more about your experience and so forth. So I know you've made it possible. How do people find you? How how does somebody who wants to, you know, yeah. Pick, pick your brain, so to speak. How, how do they reach you? <laughs> and, and please, I, I mean, this, I, I want to help people. So, um, I have a website and I, I, um, I have a blog and there is a contact sheet on the website and it's www.vickyrubin.com, V-I-C-K-I-E-R-U-B-I-N.com. And if you go on the website, there's a contact page and you can, you can contact me there. And then uh, I'm also on Facebook, Raising Jess. You can always find me on Facebook and Instagram, Raising <laughs> Jess, Twitter. <laughs> so if you put in All Raising right. Jess story, I'm there. <laughs> Very good. All right. <laughs> so, well, and uh, in the show notes for the episode page, I'll make sure that we include a link to uh, the VickyRubin.com website so people Thank can find you. it more easily. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate oh, absolutely. that. <laughs> so Raising Jess, A Story of Hope, that's the book, a multi-award winner, and I presume it's on Amazon. I presume it's just about anywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, is. independent it's, bookstores, everything. Yes. If you just Google it or you Google my name and Raising Jess, it, it it's on it's on iTunes. It's everywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
It's okay. a so, lot of spots. That, that's what happens when you win awards. Everybody wants to carry it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank well, I have yeah. to say that this has been one of the more unusual interviews, but certainly a really fun and, and warm and, you know, uplifting kind of interview. And I've really enjoyed talking to you and getting to know you. So, you know, thanks for joining me on the program. Um, and I don't know if you know much about the way I end up my, my episodes, but it's really going to be true in this case. But wait, don't end it yet. Cause I really need to thank you before you oh, end well, your episode. I, I, I so appreciate, I mean, you took a gamble on me cause you don't really know me. <laughs> so, um, and, and you're, you're such a good interviewer. I just, so relaxed and and your insights I, I mean there's been so many times i've been like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> well thank, thank you, you. <laughs> and and well, thank you i really appreciate it <laughs> i appreciate what you're saying that's really great and especially considering when before we got started you were saying that you were nervous well if, if i helped you get from nervous to that place well, oh that's a good move i like that <laughs> you one. did <laughs> it's all good and i'm only drinking tea <laughs> 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 Very good. I love that. So anyway, um, like, like I, I do with all my guests, it, it's really true in your case too, uh, especially true. But uh, there are many people who you've never met, you've never seen, but they read your book or they seen you on, on something like this or they heard you on a podcast or whatever, and you touched their lives, you helped them in a way that you didn't know about. I, I think it's important to recognize that. So on behalf of all of those people who you've never met, never seen, never will meet, never, never will see, on their behalf, thank you for what you have been doing, what you wrote with your, what you did when you wrote your book, and what you're continuing to do as you reach out and tell people just the story. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you. It, it doesn't get enough attention, and I, 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 ever since I started doing it, well, first of all, I get great reactions because people appreciate the appreciation. But again, it sets those ripple effects going, right? Because that's right. a ripple just keeps going oh, and going I'm... and going. Totally. I, I even wrote down vibrational ripple. I've got it all going here. <laughs> Beautiful. Wow. Well, thanks again, Vicki. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for telling us your story. We appreciate that. Thank you Thank so you. much, Walt. Thank you to our podcast listeners everywhere. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.